Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey, friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. Hope you're well. And I hope you've been enjoying your week so far. Four rounds of fantasy footy are in the can. Let's be honest, it's actually more than four weeks of footy. We've been talking about fantasy footy for a much longer period of time than that in 2022. But round five is just a mere matter of 24 hours away or less when you're listening to this episode. And man, did a lot go down in round four that we've got to discuss heading into round five. Joining me on this episode, as he does often throughout the season, i got Rids. Hello, mate. How are you? Hey, buddy, how you going? Oh, good. Look, there's a ton we want to get to. In a minute, we're going to talk about Patrick Cripps. He is one of the most popular players uh, in, in the formats, in fact. And on Monday morning, um, he was in 38% of AFL fantasy teams, 61% of super coach teams, and 48% of dream team sides. We want to talk what those coaches should be doing with the Cripps news a little bit later. I want to talk about the aggressive trades that players... Uh, of all formats could consider and those they might need to look away as we look at some of the popular trade in and out options. Got to talk DPP with them hitting all of the formats at the conclusion of this round. And then of course, our incredible Patreons, which you can join that supporter group at coachespanel.tv. It's one of the great ways you can show your appreciation and love of the coaches panel is join the Patreon supporter group. But uh, they have got a ton of questions that we want to get through. So that is what is on the run sheet for you throughout this podcast episode. But Rids, let's jump back to the start. Patrick Cripps. He's been a beast over the past three weeks for us. He's been arguably better than even those that were bullish on him in the preseason. Could have been. He, He has been incredible for coaches up till this point in time of the season. The big question we've now got as a dilemma is do we hold and believe this one week narrative? Because he's gone in super coach 132, 162, 119 before that injury issue hit with the high hamstring. And in AFL fantasy and dream team over the first three weeks, he went even, even stronger in some formats 112, 123, 138 again, all before the high hammy. First question I got for you. Do we believe the one-week narrative? Because that probably does determine in some formats whether it's an immediate trade or a consideration to hold. I think this is half the battle, isn't it? Like, we're going to have to try and, I don't know, read the tea leaves a little bit of all the gibberish that's coming out. And we've got to try and work out what's actually real and what isn't. So. Mm. Just looking at history, though, like Hammies, and I mean, I shared um, a video that I saw this morning, um, and he reached very high, you know, just underneath his cheeks. Like, yeah, just under the glute, yep. Yeah, that's absolutely high. So that's a concern, okay, in itself. And I don't want to, like, I, I have no insight. I'm not in the club. No. I don't have any idea. I'm not a medical. I'm just going back to history. That's a high hammy. The way he ran off, but then he didn't like come back. That mm. was a concern to me. That that means there must have been something. Yeah, like I know they say it's not um, significant damage, sure. But a lot of strains aren't considered significant damage. Well, they're the eight week hammies are the significant ones, aren't they? Not the minor yeah. three four weekers. I have just never heard of a one week hammy. No, Jay, I don't know about you. But then to couple in the fact that the week after this one, he has to fly to Perth. Long flights. It's a very long flight. And then on top of all that, if you want to just go to the extra one, like, does he get managed back into it? If he, like, let's not worry about reoccurrence if he comes back early. But what happens? Does he go forward more? Do we still see the same? Because they've got a very deep midfield now. I mean, we're talking Adam Chera wasn't even being used in the midfield rotations. And so, easily probably one of the easiest four-week fixtures they've got coming up in terms of winnable games and no uh, issue to rush him back for victories. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's always issues about, like, victories, especially sure. when it comes to Carlton, because Carlton hmm. probably have been a bit 
dry victories and yeah sure you know building that anticipation and expectation and but he's just been in such good form it's it feels like i don't know about you but it feels like anyone that owns him across the format is sort of just like hey he got me off to a flyer if you owned him from round like from yep. day dot yep. or you've just traded into him yeah. And now you've got to have to make that decision on do I trade out of him? And I mean, how many times do we say this? Like, he's just got a history of burning us one way or the other. Yes. <laughs> Across the format, you know. And if you do, and damned so, if you don't, kind of thing. Yeah. And it does play a part of it because the thing is, he, and this is how I view it as well. I see him as. Um, a difficult one to read because I don't know whether this is a purple patch of his best form or whether yeah. this is the new fit normative Patrick yeah. Cripps with the support that he's been screaming for around him, you know, the Hewitts of the world. Yep. Um, so it's just an absolute unknown. So I, I can't tell people what to do or anything like that, but I would be leaning towards trading him only because of all those bits and pieces. Like, yeah. it looked a high hamstring. Um, I've never heard of a one-week hamstring, so I'm probably leaning towards, you know, this is the one where... And we've had examples the last couple of years where they say it's hammy awareness, I think it's called these days. <laughs> hamstring awareness. Oh, yeah. He's, they should be fine this week, but suddenly it's like, oh, no, he, they're not fine. We're going to yeah. miss. And then it drags from one week into three weeks, you know. And then even then, when they come back, it's they're never quite right. The power's not quite there in the leg. You know? No, yeah. it's, I don't know whether that's a more of a mental thing or not, because I'm sure they wouldn't be putting people out on the field that were still injured. But yeah, maybe there's a little bit of a mental side of things as well. You know, any trust even the body little, kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, it's just one of those things. So I would be going. You know what? When in doubt, just trade. Is my thought process with injuries. Now, we've actually had this discussion many, many times over the years. And when it comes to soft tissue, it's like any doubt when it comes to soft tissue. Wait another and week. It doesn't, yeah, it just doesn't pass the, you know, the eye test. This one doesn't pass the eye test because it was pretty high. Mm. Um, I just, I'm not comfortable holding him because you just don't know. Now, the good news about this, and I say good news, like, because obviously it's never good news if someone gets injured, sure. is there is the possibility here that you can trade him out and then trade him back into him through the buys. Yes, he does correct. have the first buy round. So, correct. So, but if he misses more than one game, if you think about that, MJ, because what, what round are we up to? Uh, we, five, we're four, up to round five, yeah. So, what are we talking? We're talking about another six, seven games before the buys start. Yep. You know, so he is at the very least, if he misses this week, missing two out of that stretch of games. So what is it? What, let me do my math. Sorry, I'll have oh, to yes, here we go. And toes and everything. So five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So out of the next seven games, he at least misses two. Correct. Okay, and there's a distinct possibility the way that I'm reading it. could it, be three or four that he it, misses, yeah, absolutely. I 100% think it's more likely three. If he misses two, it'll be three because yep. of that trip over the Perth. I just don't see any rush for them to rush him back to travel that far. So that's nearly 50% of the next seven games, MJ three out of seven like i mean i just think that's that just screams at me saying trade so i actually don't think it's a discussion on whether hold or trade if he just doesn't get named tomorrow night he's out well he um, won't you just need to trade him yeah the club have come out and they've <clears> kind <throat> of tried to have a bit each way with, with their communication out to run and, and ultimately unless you're inside the club you're just basing it off what they've shared and they've said look he's actually going to be okay and he probably could play, but we're not going to risk him, is what's the language coming out of the club. But they have been quite evasive. Normally when it comes to these sort of um, hamstring issues that sent in for scans the next day, even if they've got to fly back, send in for scans the next day, you see them out the front. They, their clubs are fairly good. Our players are pretty good these days. They're saying, yeah, I'll, I'll miss a couple of weeks. They've been quite hazy 
in their communication, which gives me, you know, enough confidence to really reaffirm I, I'm in the camp that you are, Rids, which is if I was a Crips owner, regardless of the format, I would much rather trade him out, get myself up to that premium, whether it be to fix up a specific line or get myself a, a perma-captaincy that I, I, that's at the right price point, say a McRae or a, a Steele who's probably towards his basement, get the English, get the Doherty, get the whatever, fix up where you need, take the points and run. And if he does come back off the buy after this week, let alone the weeks after the buy, trade back into him then if you love him. But for me, I, I agree. I, I think he is a trade. And I personally, the way I play the game, would much rather trade him out for the game I know he misses, him come back after a week and him continue to go on his way. I would much rather that pain than the pain of hold, basement cows like the McDonald's, the Wards, maybe you can flip a Rochelle in there, these high variance cows at M8 and hope and get stuck with two, three or four games of missing. I don't want to play the game that way, so I won't be holding. It's just awkward timing, isn't it? It is. Like, it's a bad it's spot like, to get it. Yeah, if it's a week later and we know what the DPP gains are and yeah. it's sort of like, well, but there's just not that many decent bench rookies at this point in time. No. Like we've, we've sort of had that little bit of luxury around um, Rochelle. Yep. But, I mean, really, Rochelle is either on field or he's a bench. But, I mean, it's going to come down. Do you have him in the mid? Do you not? Because we got guys like Hoff, is it? Yeah, Brady Hoff, yep. McDonald's very popular. we got the wards. we got – so, I mean, you may not even be able to utilise, you know, Rochelle in the mids, you know, Correct. to cover off a Crips. So, a lot of this will come down to who is your mid cover for Patrick yeah. Cripps? Correct. And will it be – good enough for a more than a one-week basis. And can and you get a look at that cow before having to make that trade? Yes, correct. And the next thing would be on top of that is and there's a lot of weird times yeah. for games in the next... Like, yeah, I mean, it's a long I'm, round. I don't know about you, MJ, but it feels like that these rounds just go forever. Like well, especially with a Thursday night and, and a Monday game. Uh, it, it does elongate the round. So... It's really, really difficult because Hawthorne plays that Monday game. They do. So, so a lot of our mid-rookies this year are Hawthorne players. So mm -hmm. it just doesn't really scream confidence to me. But the problem is when you go in planning whether you're going to trade him or not, you're going to have to almost plan for him to miss two and then be yeah. surprised he only misses one. Because if you go in planning that he's going to miss one, and he misses two, that's going to be a bit more pain. Like, that's where don't, it screws you up, yeah. Yeah, especially in AF. Like, I mean, AF, we're just about venturing, you know, in that one down, one up capability. Almost an upgrade season, yeah. You know, we're just about there and not quite. We still got a week. And that's why the timing's out. If it was mm. next week, there's potential Perfect. here that you could get one down, one up and try and get a decent enough cover for those two weeks, you know? Yeah. And you could potentially hold him. Like, yeah. You know, so it's really, really delicate. But for AF, I 100% believe you just got to trade. It's, it's not even a decision. You just... Yeah. For Super Coach and Dream Team, that decision will have to be around who's your replacement, your Crips replacement, and are you confident that you'll be able to get at least two weeks out of that score? player you know yeah. if it's Rochelle you might be happy days you might be able to trade into another rookie that sure. could make you potentially get a Rochelle to a mid bench yep but even then we're, we're expecting people like Nick Martin and a few others to get a little bit extra DPP flexibility after this yes, weekend. Yes, I agree. We're just that one week too early and it, it, so, it, it is the worst week to have a premium get injured for you um, because you're stuck in, in no man's land because the guy you might want to move him to hasn't dropped out in value enough for you yet. So in a week's time, it might be perfect to have got a Clayton Oliver 
and do a one-up, one-down using a trade boost in Dream Team and Supercoach. That would have been perfect, but now you can't. So so you're right. It, it's a tough week. I think you've just got to make the best of a, of a bad situation that you find yourself in. I will great say one thing, though. I will mm. say one thing. If you are going to trade him out, just be a little bit um, – try and foresee the future a little bit. If yeah. you could trade him to a round 14 by mid or forward mm-hmm. or defender, and then you've always got the opportunity to bring him back in after that round 12 buy. So it is one of those ones where if you could just work out your buy structures, because a yeah. lot of people have broken their buy structures, getting in these guys. Fix like, up let, trades, yeah. Like let's think of the Crips, think of the Tom Greens, you know. Heenies. They've all got round 12 buy. Yeah. So you're actually bringing in guys, and you may have brought in, say, a, a Tim English or, a, you know, someone that jumped off the screen at you from day yep. one. And you may have actually done a little bit of damage. This is the time of the year that you need you to actually work through that buy structure because you don't want to be absolutely out of whack with it. No, keep it in mind. For those curious, uh, the round 14 sites that are on the buy round, that's Brisbane. Hawthorne, Collingwood, Melbourne, Fremantle, and North Melbourne. Those are the six sides uh, that have that week off. So challenging if you're looking at some Hawks this week with you're potentially flying a little bit blind into them. Uh, They'll get uh, the squads along with Geelong named late Saturday afternoon. Uh, Potential positive, again, if you are looking Crips as the option out, they play Sunday afternoon but then you do have only six teams to use as options so carlton port essendon Fremantle, hawthorne geelong so really it's Fremantle and hawthorne are the teams you're looking at at that point in time um if you are taking that buy advice via crips into mind so you know that's really the challenge isn't it rids that coaches find is when they're pulling the trigger on these trades it's it's timing it's the variables. These are all these things that, that come into mind that great coaches consider and ultimately get some luck along the way and help them succeed. Because like, I, 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 there's going to be a lot of pain across the formats, you know, through the buys, MJ. And yep. imagine if a COVID incident happens through the buys this year. That's oh, going to wipe you chaos. out, you know, with the protocols. But that's why, um, like, early on, you know, through the preseason and everything else, we're talking about Braden Proust a lot. But yeah. that, that's why, this is exactly why the Ruck spots is the perfect, perfect place to actually take a risk if you want. Yeah. That's why That's why it's a real legit option not to go set and forget and to actually look at a value player. Because if he go, misses a game, and let's just say Proust is obviously out this week suspended. Yes, he is. Um, you only have one bench option to cover off. So mm-hmm. just as long as that bench option comes in, yep. you're pretty much safe, you know? Otherwise, you could then explore the magic of DPP and potentially have an English to swing in or whoever else, you know, across the board. Um, and it doesn't take much to have that little bit of luck to have yep. your R3 not just playing, but playing with a lot more job security. I'm talking about Hugh Dixon here. Yeah, I agree. Like, you know, with that Natanui news, like Dixon already kept Bailey Williams out of that team last week. Anyway, so, yeah. Yeah. So that they are highly rate the guy. So, and mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't have to be a, you know, a sole ruck to get no. what you need from that rookie output you know he only needs to really do a 50 60 and you're covered off well and it's to that point that you made because again we, we've talked about Bruce a lot we, we don't need to spend a lot more time on him but again Bruce out is not ideal sure but you're not trying to replace a premium in that spot you're trying to replace a money maker with that spot so a Dixon or a Hayes um, or an English using DPP you're not trying to replace a premium with a cow. You're replacing a cow with a cow. Um, and, and so from a points perspective, you're no worse off. Um, I think people have missed the point on Proust entirely this year. Now, not in a sense of picking him, but they've always contrasted him to versus Grundy versus Gorn. And it's never been Proust versus Grundy. No, it's it's been, always been a combination. Correct. It's your who you've got at D6, who you've got at M8, who you've got at F6. And Grundy or Gorn versus Bruce and 
X, Proust, and Y. You've got to look at it in totality because, of course, most times a premium is going to look much better off than a money-making option like that. They always do. Um, what we've been blessed with Proust is for the past two weeks is he has pretty much put up premium numbers in that ruck division and you've been able to activate probably another premium in another line where people have rolled a cow. And that's so, exactly it. Um, you've been flying. I want to talk about a specific cow this week and I'm, I'm keen on your take and it does lead a little bit to some, some popular trading. Um, Nathan O'Driscoll is someone that's one of, if not the most traded in player across the formats and kind of understandable why a lot of coaches didn't jump on him early, didn't play round one, didn't play through the preseason, sub round two, had a really good last quarter against the Eagles in round three that kind of took him from a probable 40 to a 60 odd, I think it was across the formats. Then last week he has the unicorn breakout game, tons. And now everybody's looking at ways to bring him in. I suppose I've got two questions. How do you view his job security? And then second off the back of that, what are the right players we should be looking to going to Driscoll if we should be going to him at all? Because I think we might do some damage again to our sides if we're not careful. So we only have to look at last week, yeah? So let's look at uh, Josh Rochelle, for instance. A lot of people were jumping off him quickly. Like he had a favourable matchup. And he also had a very gettable break even. He still has one good score away from that cash generation just flying, you know? Mm. And I mean, I know we sort of spoke about that briefly last week, but if you look at O'Driscoll, you could potentially... Now, let's just say Paddy McCartan, for instance. Yeah, now, good, good example. Paddy McCartan had that unfortunate incident um, in the game last week where yeah, he's pretty he, much off most of the second quarter with that head laceration. I think it was. Well, the last quarter, I think he was off totally. Like yeah. he had that, um, he, he pretty much missed at least a lot, a lot, a lot of game time. Okay. So there's potentially was probably staring a 50, 60, you know? Um, but the problem we got is that he's the rookie in the defensive line with almost the best job security across the board. I Moving so. him, you're going to be 100% sure that you're actually trading into a guy that's actually going to be able to cover him. Now, yes. this works, Akray, this week. Now, I'm going to be a bit of a fence sitter here, okay? no, that's You're giving me both sides of the argument. That's okay. <clears throat> so the thing is, okay, O'Driscoll's got the DPP. That's the most important thing to think of this. Yes. Now, we're expecting guys like Dacos and Hoff to get DPP flexibility after this week. Yep, so there is a usefulness. Let's just say if you trade into O'Driscoll just to have as a D6 on-ground um, problem solver for this week, sure, you could potentially move Dacos into D6 after this week. Yep. So there is potential there and always have that link to bounce backwards and forwards. The one thing that I do know is that 100 score is in his rolling averages for quite a while across the couple formats, more weeks you know? now. Yeah. So he's going to make a lot of money. And money is actually very, very important this time of year. Yes, it and is. And you think about AFL fantasy, if he can get to about 400,000, you know, in a couple of weeks' time, that's a massive, in like, that's huge dollars to be generated. Yeah, it is. Now, I'm wary because I, I looked at that team that played last week for Frio, and I know that we did a little bit of an exercise before the pod. We struggled to find guys that were absolute clear outs. Like, you know, we came up with, what did we end up coming up with? Acres? Aish. I thought Acres. And again, these are guys that were normally a part of their best 22. Acres, Aish, I think Erasmus is probably going to slide out for Sarong, if he's back, um, then you're starting to look at guys that, from a structural perspective, have shown they're really important role players. So the Fredericks, the Walkers, Colliers. Again, these are not great big names, but they are important structural pieces. So even if O'Driscoll, I, I think he gets named this week. You, you just, I don't know if you can drop a guy after that. It's more the point of. In a week's time, after this week, is he in the gun? 
because that's almost worse than him not getting picked this week is you get a big, is you work a way to get him and go, right, I'm fine. And now a week later, you're stuck with another dead cow on your side. Yeah. And that's half the battle, especially with AFL fantasy where cash is king around, you know, the early parts of the year and trying to make the cash. I just don't see anyone else coming through the, that line, you know, like, I mean, Jack Stein, yes, but I mean, I wouldn't want to put my house on anything with him. Brad no. Hoff is already minimal borderline cash generation anyways. And most people like, are running DeConning and Skinner as their seven and eight who are incremental at best cash movers. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, and a lot of people traded up and got a Dawson or whatever else, yep. you know, as that D6 from a McCartan or whatever last week. Yep. And again, I couldn't quite understand that thought process either, but that's fine if that's the way it is. Yeah, if that's the way it is, that's fine, yeah. But again, there's every chance, especially at this point in time of the season, that we're traded into rookies and we're going to have the same issue week after week after week. So, I mean, if you brought in someone last week, let's just say the um, Collingwood fellow. McInnes, um, yeah, who's, who's also Reece named McInnes. this week. He was lucky to stay in the team, I thought, but good on him for holding. He was very lucky. And <laughs> it's, it's, you've been kissed a little bit that he's been named because if you have a look at those outs, that was um, a little bit surprising, especially a John Noble or someone else like you know, to be an out in that instance. But good, you know, it's good to see them back the kids in. Yeah. So that's actually okay. But you could have traded yourself into a serious problem if he was dropped. And that's half the battle, isn't it? You don't want to just bring someone in just because they've been named. And, I mean, the Saint, um, Windhagen, was another yeah, it's one. The, it's the same He's dilemma, actually been quite good, yeah? He's, yeah, I thought he was, he was good. good. So, so it's. I think the Brisbane fellows debuting tomorrow night in Loman, um, but it first game of the round without knowing what teams are um, actually being named on the Sunday and the Monday is going to be really hard. I think so, with Loman, you've got to give him a week um, in AFL fantasy. I just think you've got to give him a week. Um, uh, and, and again, the beauty of dream teamers and super coaches is, is we're much used to waiting for these guys on the bubble before we activate those trades. Um, and Braden Proust missing this week is a perfect example of why you don't jump early uh, <laughs> because you well, end up getting stuck. Um, he's also a perfect example of how useful a guy on field is who's not playing. That's very he true too. your captaincy loophole this week. He does. You've and- got to... Lockie Neal, you know, type of option. You got Lockie Neal from McRae. the first game. You got McRae early the second game, and you've got um, West Coast. What's the um, Sydney West Coast, West Coast Sydney. Sydney? So Mills the, type, if you're an owner there, yeah. You've got a lot of options, and we don't even know what the Monday game is at this point. In and time. again, the first Saturday so, game is a is a Miller v Steel sort of match up through there. So arguably, some of the best VC options are early in the round so i think a lot of people will be using neil mccray dunkley mills if they own him and potentially even a Brody grundy um they they might be tempted by last week's numbers and, and jump there so yeah but i mean that's the whole um that's we've talked about it many many times having someone not play on any given so week valuable. doesn't automatically mean you trade them out anymore. Oh, so and I mean, the same thing with Crips as well, mate. So Crips could be a very, very handy loophole option if your midfield bench guy plays before you need to trade well, him out. You've mentioned him already. Hoff plays Friday night. You get a look at him. Dixon, as the coverage for Pruce, you get a look at him now. Again, in AFL Fantasy with the utility position, it really opens that those kind of DPP moves up more so than anywhere else. Crips is the is the Sunday. You could get a look at Rochelle's game on the Saturday afternoon at Adelaide Oval and, and just have a line marker and go under 70, I make the trade. Over seven, you know, I'm not saying that's the line, but that's the thought process um, to, to make all those educated moves. If my VC gets X and my bench cover gets Y, then I'll do that. That that is how you look at it in totality. 
100%. And who knows, mate, if um, Hugh Dixon goes a 30, there's no reason why you can't bring in a Sam Hayes, you know, as your yeah, neutral. He sh- if he I think he gets this pa- week. I think he does. Yeah, and then you could just swap Proust directly for Sam Hayes and just roll, you know, play a bit of a rookie-rookie role. Yeah, well, Jack Hayes should get named this week too. I think there was um, we, um, a bit of chat around Tom Campbell potentially being the replacement. Surely the not. VFL. Surely he was not. the best player in the VFL last week, oh, so he is yeah. an actual option apparently. So, oh. so again, and Ratten's not the coach this week. Though I think that came from Brendan Lade, who is going to be the coach. So yeah, that's true. So there's there's still that, you know, you just don't know. Yeah. And uh, like Sherry, unfortunately, is not DPP yet. No, this week. Monday evening he will be. Um, but that doesn't help us this week. So I, I want to come back to this, you know, I want to talk some DPPs and, and let's look at that Driscoll to McCartan trade. I'm seeing that as one of the most popular moves in Dream Team and in AFL Fantasy. I think it's a little premature, certainly in Supercoach, where McCartan has still not just got a very gettable break even, but he's shown he's got the ability to hit, I, I think he's had an 80 plus score kind of rolling through there um, as his best. So he's got a break even um, in super coach of 27. So that's, that's a walk in a park. So, so I'm never going to advocate or encourage someone to consider that he's only major 84 K. And like you said, he's got great job security, but in AFL fantasy and dream team, you know, just focus on those formats. You've mentioned Dacos probably getting defensive eligibility. I don't think it's a certainty, but it's a high probability. Um, would you do a McCartan in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team down to a Drisk, an O'Driscoll, knowing you probably will be able to move Dacos back there next week and just shove O'Driscoll to the bench if he either misses or has a bad score or whatever it is, and that's one of the trades? Or would you only make a move like that if it was getting another up a player like a Cornelia or a Crouch up to a, a premium you want for the year? So usually I use a rough guide and it's only very rough, okay? And it's sometimes it's a little bit higher, sometimes it's a, bit, a little bit lower. But sure. I usually like an average of about 150000 per rookie. Is that across formats? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay. So I try and make it simple because I'm only a simple guy, MJ. So <laughs> otherwise, if you start adding too much. But McCartan's gone up just under 80,000 in Dream Team. Like I just... Similar in AF, yeah. Just got a lot of money that he can make and it only takes 265s, you know, in a row where it's like suddenly his break-even's almost zero. Like, and we've just seen that in Hinge this week, you know? So mm. if you have a look at Hinge who got injured, so there's a little bit of similarities across the board, but Hinge has got a break even of 23 this week in Dream Team. And I'll just use Dream Team for the sure. example. Um, and he got injured and had a 28 last week, but he had a 70 the week before. It doesn't yeah. take much to get a break even in the 20s, you know? Yes. So I just, I just think it's silly to be moving these guys with the massive job security quickly like too early because we got a long season ahead of us like and i can tell you now paddy mccartan if he's fit and i know that's a big if sure but if he's fit he's going to be there every single game for the sydney swans like no question. That they play. Like, so he's then a Matt Rowell type. And again, Supercoach has always been his preferred scoring format. We've seen that over the, you know, the better part of the 20 games of his career. Is that a better avenue out to an O'Driscoll who will make you considerable money? Again, on the premises named this week, um, nobody knows the future beyond that, especially in Western Australia with him. Um, still probably at their COVID peak at the moment. Um, is that a better avenue rather than a McCartan, getting rid of a, this is maybe a harsh term, but a failed stepping stone, is that a better avenue in your eyes? Well, I was an advocate for moving Raul on last week. This week, yes. however, I'm probably a little bit more 50-50. Okay. Um, he's got a, St Kilda aren't the hardest team to match up on. And no. they don't, and like they're playing, um, 
you've got Jack Steele, obviously, okay, Crouch. who's very, very much a beast, and Crouch is there. So, I mean, there's potential that route, but he matches up against St Kilda a lot better than what he does against Carlton last yes. week. Yes, yep. We were always had that fear that he would do that accountable role, play a lot more contested. and But we could see that him playing his team role freed up guys like Noah Anderson and everything else, and Gold Coast came out and won. Yeah, so I don't. I actually don't think Rao's in bad form. He actually played very, very good last week. I, I thought so too. His team, the way that he played for the Gold Coast was absolutely great. Unfortunately for fantasy, that sucks a little <laughs> bit. You know? Yeah, that's why I was sort of like last week. I would have gone, yeah, okay, I can understand it because of the Carlton matchup and the likely mm-hmm. Crips. Um, this week's a little bit more difficult because I, I actually see him with a break even of 40, 45, 50 across the formats going, you know what, that matchup's not bad. If you I said to you that he scores 100 across the formats this week. Wouldn't you shock wouldn't be, me at all. It wouldn't shock you, would you? No, like, but he's already done it this year. So it wouldn't shock me at all. Now, to free up cash to get, you know, get ready for your season or to potentially look at your buy structures or to get that missing cow that you've missed elsewhere or that sure. money maker, that's fine. But trading Matty Rao, and I, I know I just said a minute ago that Paddy McCartan's the best job security in the defensive mm. rookies, but Matty Rao's got to almost be the best you know, mid-price mid with the job security. There's no yeah. one better than him. No but one's questioning just, that. I just think Rao, if you own him now, you just run him up to his buy and whatever he makes, he makes, but then you just move him on, like, and cash him in then or build off him. So that's why I think it was an early move, not Mm. a move from now. So, yeah, success in this game is all about cash generation and getting cash cows off the ground. I know you didn't ask this question, but let's forget to the next two weeks, okay? I'm just going to read you out his run. Okay. okay, he's got St Kilda and Brisbane in the next two. Now, nice. I don't think St Kilda is a terrible matchup. No, Brisbane's probably a little bit difficult, but it is yeah. at home at Metricon, yep. not at the um Queensland in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Um, then we got Collingwood, Sydney, Frio, Western Bulldogs, Hawthorne, and North Melbourne leading into his bye. Okay, it's not exactly the worst little run is it and if no. you can get a bit of a run for two or three weeks and you know average close enough to 100 for that period mm. he's got another 150 200,000 to be made and i know they're all we're talking hypotheticals but sure. that run it doesn't really worry me too much like so i, so just I guess the it, question i want to ask then on that is what's the priority fixing up these guys because uh, you're right, this is a weird round. We're not because you well, the cows aren't fully fattened. These premiums that are dripping cash have not quite bottomed out. What's the priority now? Is it these correctional little trades of and, and again using these names loosely, Crouch and Rao, you know, probably loosely for both of them? Because Cornelio, I think, is super coach, was always a cash cow, dream team, kind of a quasi stepping stone. AFL fantasy, where it was priced. High 80s is a little different story, but is getting kids off the ground the priority or still the fix-ups the priority? I still think it's about points. Okay, so if you're sitting there and you just got someone I call wrong, Mm. don't sit there and hold them for that. Like if you're just watching them and it makes you feel awful about it, like let's think of a Josh Kelly, okay? And we say this every year and we've said it in this preseason. We actually... He's a role, he's a Rolls Royce, mate. He's, he's gonna average 120 one year. Yep. I don't have any confidence that he's gonna average 120, though, with Leon Cameron as his coach. Because the guy mm. just doesn't play him in the right spots. There's enough evidence now to go, you know what? If you own Josh Kelly, you're gonna have to look at potentially there'll be ups and downs. Yeah. Because you've got Toby Green coming back in a short period. You've got guys like Taranto going into the midfield. They're tagging. Mm-hmm. And I don't yep. even know why they're tagging MJ. They don't you need to. About... Their midfield is, is good enough to beat anyone head-to-head. Well, you think based about on quality or last week, okay? And I know that we already highlighted that there was likely to be a tag 
going into Andy Brayshaw last True. week. But why not just play Kelly against Brayshaw head to and head beat him. and tell him, you know what? If you break even, we're going to back everyone else because we think you're they're only a one-man team. Yeah. I just don't quite understand the thought process with GWS. Yeah. Um, because, like, I don't know about you, but I would back a Combs. I would back a Green. I would back Taranto, a Taranto. Kelly. Yeah, you know, It just doesn't stop. Like, And I think they sort of limit themselves a little bit by tagging, but they are. So, again, this week, we're probably going to look at Melbourne. They're not going to not tag again. They're going to go in a tag. I don't know who it is. I think Trapper, they do the double. I think they go both. Which well, I, think I don't like do, at all. I think I'll probably go Petrarca when he's in the midfield and then Oliver when Petrarca's Petrarca forward. goes 50. Yeah, like, it's a fair oh, Who knows what they do, you know? Like, yeah. They're just a mystery. And we've already seen it with Braden Proust. At yeah. least now, we should have 100% confidence. Anyone saying that Braden Proust is not the number one ruck from GWS no, he clearly right is. now, Clearly is, has not watched the game in the yeah, last two or three rounds. He is their clear number one. Yeah, so oh, there's not even any a question doubt. about that. So it's not going to be a question on whether he won't or will be selected after he comes back from suspension. It's going to be more will he be selected with Matt Flynn. And Matt yes. Flynn be that forward that we've always said is a better forward who pinch yep. hits in the ruck. Because we could see over the last couple of weeks with Proust, they lose a lot of, um, uh, let's just Centibouts say, a lot of and stoppages. a lot of stoppages. They're very soft. They give up a lot of goals. You know, it's just too easy when Braden Proust isn't there. Yeah. And let's just, again, MJ, let's just talk. Braden Proust <laughs> is almost the dumbest man on earth doing what he did last week. Seriously, week. he's finally fit and healthy. And then he has He's been waiting for how many years? Oh, a th- couple of years, three years, four years, <laughs> five years to be the number one. He finally He's now is. the number one. And He's what is finally he finally fit? He just he starts throwing just reckless. elbows. That's reckless. And he like even in the like the preseason, we could say, look, he was just you know a little bit over the top. He's more clumsy. That was nothing to do with clumsy. Yeah, that's on reckless. The nothing. That was just that was just silly. Nuts. Brain fart. That's silly. you know. So, and I'm I'm. He's a, he's going to be a ride. Everyone's probably feeling it already, aren't they? Hey, but he's the going to be a ride. That'll make he, a lot of money, though. And he's going to score a lot of points. And on I the said way, this, too. I said this on the weekend, like because a lot of people are carrying on about um, Max Gorn's score sure. radio in AFL Fantasy. It yeah, was a fun. beauty. There's it no was problems great. about that. But again, we're not talking about a Bruce and Gorn comparison. No, of course we're not. Bruce was 48% off the price tag of Max Gorn exactly. at the start of last week. So 48% of 140 was something like 67 points. That's mm-hmm. all he needed to do to get the equivalent of 140. Like, yep. people have lost the plot if they're comparing, you know, Bruce to Gorn. Yeah, no, so, exactly. But it's just like, I just wanted to highlight how dumb he is. He's finally the clear number one. <laughs> and then he throws a bloody elbow. It's like, oh, oh my dear. goodness. But what a ride we're going to have with him. And what it's going to be a lot of fun. fun. It's oh, going to be hilarious. And we're going to be talking about Bruce in two more weeks. because I'm way sure he's we will. I think he's a rugby union player. He's, <laughs> he's, <laughs> someone's told him, you know, through hypnosis on in the preseason that he's a rugby union player because the way he's been tackling is is bridging on careless and reckless anyways. Yeah. So and he's a big man. Oh, he's, he's a big man. I would not want to be playing against him, that's for sure. All right, let, let's talk about these DPP names and, and maybe fly through them quickly um, before we get to some of our Patreon questions and wrap up your episode. Um, they land Monday after round five concludes across the formats heading into round six. Um, that's what it's happening. AFL fantasy coaches, you're really used to this. Dream teamers and super coaches, brand new experience. The quick heads up is Champion Data, who are the brand behind the brands. They are the ones that allocate the position. They need a minimum of three games played. So if they've played less than that, they're not going to be considered. And 35% in a specific position on field. And the normative 
um, equalizer for them is where they are at center bounce, where they are positioned on field. That is a really important piece of the puzzle. I want to run through a few defenders, a few midfielders. I think there's only one ruck. Cherry, he gets it. Let's move on. And, and the forwards. I've listed most of these at coachespanel.tv. Um, I'm very keen on your take, Rids, on these and who else might be. Uh, just earlier uh, on a Wednesday afternoon to uh, Fantasy Freeco, which is kind of a brand in front of Champion Data, said there's something like 50-odd names that are in the mix of DPP, which feels a lot, um, if you ask me. So let me run you through some defenders. Tell me if any of these are not going to get it or if there's any I've missed. To add defensive status, Luke McDonald, Brandon Ellis, Dane Zorko, Angus Brayshaw, Jordan Clark, Scott Pendlebury, Nick Dacos, Josh Battle, Josh Kennedy of the Swans, and so David Scott Pendlebury, Swallow. he's got to be a concern, yeah? I think he's 50-50 if he has another midfield game like the past two weeks. So maybe it's a blessing that Adams and everyone's coming back this week. Yeah. Um, so this week's going to be very, very important for Scott Pendlebury. I think there's enough um, I think there's enough history now for day costs to probably, it doesn't really particularly matter as much this week, Yeah, but it'll just put him more on the fringe of should we, shouldn't we, or anything like that. Yeah. Um, Brad Hoff is the obvious one. Hoff's the one. Yeah. Good shout. Yeah. If he's named, he'll be there. Yeah. There's a hundred percent. He's been playing across half back. And can I just say as well, he looked a lot better last week in that win. So he may actually be settling into a role. Yeah. Once he's settled and, and kind of a little bit more of the cavalry's kind of landed for them now, he does look much better. I agree. I'm very interested though with Angus Brayshaw, whether mm-hmm. um, they wait for more data, like until Salem comes back or not. Um, there has been history before when a player plays predominantly a position when someone important has been like injured and not yep. playing. Um, the problem with that though is Brayshaw was starting across halfback anyways. Yes. While Salem was playing in round one. Yeah. So, correct. But again, they were missing some of their premiership stars in that game anyway. So was the him covering for an injury now as further compound of him covering for an injury. Um so the only guy I'd look at from that list, okay, outside of Dacos, obviously, but everyone should be owning Dacos anyway. Yeah, I think so. Um, and can I just say as well, if Dacos does get defender status, he's pretty much, he could almost become a premium. Cool. And like, he's that good. He's good, that, that good. Kid. Yeah, I wouldn't bank um, it, but you could almost cash that check. I That's think Luke McDonald. I think Luke McDonald such an intriguing He's person. under 400K in Supercoach. But there was something that I like. Uh, everyone noticed, obviously, but particularly Megan. A massive shout out to Damo, like who uh, messaged me just before the ball was bounced and said, "Zebel's been named the full forward, and he's paying thirty, forty odd dollars <laughs> for the first goal scorer." And I like, thanks, thanks, Damo. But um, I jumped on and um, got a little collector that. But that was more important from uh, Luke McDonald aspect, I think. I think. Correct. I think that's more well Zebel in that rubbish, whatever that role was in the last 18 months, he's yeah. now dead. That, like, that role he was, was so over. much better in the forward line. He's been their best forward for years, MJ. Why isn't yeah. he not playing? Like, it's just baffling, yeah? Yeah, I, he's going to stay there. I, I really like, uh, again, maybe this is creative trading for some, I really like the idea of a Crips down to a McDonald if that might just be enough cash to do another ex- creative trade, knowing that you can flip McDonald, almost take, I would take it to the bank. He's a defender next week. And now all of a sudden, then you can look at how do I turn my D6, my D7, how do I turn them into my M9, my M10? Because you'll be able to flip him back there. He's that so, good. Right now, he's running at rem- remove that Brisbane game where they were demolished. He's running at nearly 110 in Supercoach and 93 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team with that game out. That's his potential. So I'll just throw an interesting one. I'm just going to throw an interesting thought process out there for people and they can maybe say yes or no or call me a fool, whatever. But let's just say you're still running um, Dylan Stevens in Supercoach. Sure. Why would it... 
Is Cripps and Dylan Stevens to Luke McDonald and Jade Gresham a good trade or not a good Ooh. trade in Supercoach? I actually, well, I think it all depends on where you forecast they'll be to the year. Because at this price point, you're probably banking them to hopefully run them up at the very least to their buy, if not to the end of the year. But to me, that's the kind of creative trading I like to see. I'm a big fan of that type of move. It's taking a premium that's missing, potentially a dead cow, and turning them into guys that are going to be knocking on the door of the top 10 in that in their respective lines. Yeah, but I yeah. mean, that's the sort of move you could be making at some stage. And you could very well be landing yourself a premium season-long keeper defender. And I, I think there's enough that I've seen from Jade Gresham to say, hey, he could be very handy as a forward, you know? Yep, especially or in Supercoach. a super large coach. chunk. Especially yeah, in so. Supercoach. But that's the sort of moves I would be exploring with Crips. Yeah, I like that. Um, we were talking about adding midfielders. It adds versatility and flexibility in your side. Yeah. Um, Heaney, but Butters. Let's just go blah, blah, blah. blah. Who yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go to the forward on. line because I've said Cherry's the ruck. Here's a couple of names. I don't think this guy gets it anymore, but Rowan Marshall, if Ryder was playing, could have done enough. Here's some other names that will be in consideration, though. Luke Parker, Tom Liberatore, Noah Bolter, Todd Goldstein, Tom DeConning, um, Darcy Fort, Connor McDonald. I think James Harms is going to be in that conversation. So I and, just want to throw out Marshall, okay? And yeah, I know yeah, you're yeah. rattling off names, but people can go to this website and look at names. Yeah, okay? coachespanel.tv, I've got them here, yep. Exactly. I don't know where it is, but everyone else can look it up. Um, Google must have it somewhere. Um, so <laughs> Rowan Marshall, okay, let's not forget, yeah. round one, he played predominantly ruck. And round he's a beast. two, though, um, 50, 50. Hayes took a lot of ruck time from him in round yeah, two. Yeah, might have even been 60-40. And round and four. four, we had Ryder back who played predominantly ruck for both of those. That's I true. reckon Rowan Marshall, even if he plays 90% ruck this week, Still might be on the line. Strong, strong chance of getting his forward eligibility. Well, and if a Tom Campbell does come in over a Hayes, as you flagged, as one of the coaches had said, he's a consideration. Well, okay, again, even a 50 50 split or a 60 40 split, he's there. And and again, Marshall, as the lead ruck, is as good a scorer um, in our ruck division as we have, let alone in our forward division. The other two guys I want to throw in. Um, I, that I think they're going to be considered. I don't think they'll get it, but I think they'll be considered. Um, Bailey Smith from the Bulldogs. The other one I'm keen on your take, Jason Horn Francis. His D, his midfield and CBAs, the trend is only going heavier into the midfield. I'm interested. He was one people had kind of locked in at the start of the year for being someone at this point in time of the year we'd have in the midfield field and then moving into the forward line but from a center bounce attendances perspective which like i said at the start that's one of the factors for champion data that they use in that here's what his percentage has done just so you know for jason horn francis 26 percent cbas round one then 55 59 and 76 do see did you know whether cd um taking the language from the north melbourne coach in his press conferences into no consideration for he these was, positions. Well, it's why a lot of people David Noble Francis last week because of that. I did it, and I tell you now, David Noble, you naughty, naughty <laughs> little man. Seriously, <laughs> you did that just to play games with all of the fantasy coaches. That's all I it tell was. you. And like, why would he come out in the media and talk up him playing more forwards? He he likes how he could take a mark, be an awkward matchup, kick goals. And then play him all centre. Like, yeah, three quarters like, at CBA. And not just has he absolutely ripped everyone who put him on the bench because we paid attention, because that's what we do as fantasy coaches. We put, we listen, we go, rightio, we're going to predict this. We're going to put him on the bench and we're going to play Josh Ward in his nine disposal highlight reel last week. Because Sam Mitchell comes out and says, hey, David, hold my beer. Hey, Josh, <laughs> you know, and it's like, this is painful, mate. There's no chance. There's more chance of 
me, I don't know, catching COVID again tomorrow <laughs> after having it only a week ago, then Horn Francis getting DPP, unfortunately, this change. Bailey Smith, though, is the interesting one, isn't it? And there's another name yeah. as well that you may not have called out, but I'll, I've sort of lost interest when you're rolling off names. Did you mention Max Gorn? No, but I think okay. he's in the mix. They're the two, Gorn and Bailey Smith. So what if people... get it. Wow. And this is how fickle we are as a fantasy coach, okay? Last week, the people that started Gorn was going, you little ripper, we've got Gorn. But... Mm. You know, he's going massive. But the flip side of that is he's unlikely to get DPP gain and forward eligibility if he Correct. keeps posting those numbers. So yeah. so just be careful what you wish for at times as well, okay, and what you're cheering for. Because that opens up a massive, 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 huge name in your forward lines if you can move a Gorn into the forward and lines. And amazing flexibility Bailey to Smith, get you though, through the Let's be absolutely honest. Bailey Smith starts forward and then just says, listen here, mullet man, go run wherever you want and you cause as much havoc as you possibly can. And I just want you to run end to end to end to end. Because he plays more, like he doesn't play forward pocket. or a, No, he's he a high half runs, forward that becomes an extra midfielder. He's just an extra mid. Like, yeah. And I know that starting positions, but that's one of the flaws in these positions, is it not this starting positions line? So it, it gets me a little bit annoyed at times, but um, we've seen some real weird DPP gains and yep. across the years. Yeah, sure. Good luck to them. Mitch Duncan being one this year to start with. Yeah. There's no we'll way known it, he but... played forward for even five minutes of a game last <laughs> year. He just... That's just where he started. Starting positions and how he played. Go out there, shake the hand of your opposition player, and you just roam the rest wherever you want to go. Just go. The wings are yours, my friend. I I think it's going to be interesting to see how it all lands. Like I I said, end of this round, they'll drop. We'll make sure we share them for you at coachespanel.tv. Honestly, they'll be all over social media too. So you won't have to look too hard or too far to find them. But at the conclusion of Monday's games, they'll hit. Um, and because AFL Fantasy, Dream Team and Supercoach are all using champion data and the same formula, um, they'll be the same identical across the formats. So that's positive for us. Albeit they'll be at different price points and break-evens and cycles and elements like that. Um, that's a really positive factor for us through there. All right, Rids, let's jump into some of our Patreon questions. Uh, Before we do wrap up this episode, of course, if you want to become a Patreon supporter of us, we'd love you to do it for as little as a couple of bucks a month. There are some great rewards that come your way. Uh, There's community and hidden groups to be a part of, a bunch of other stuff. But let's jump into some of these questions. If you want to become a Patreon, though, coachespanel.tv is there. John's got a question for you, Rids. Uh, He wants to know, um, do you think just generally without seeing his team is Trelaw someone that could be a season long hold? He doesn't just want to wait trades on guys that he's not intending to be end of year premiums. Is Trelaw um, an end of year premium? Yeah, he is, but only due to history. Um, he's there's a, there's a little bit of a smell about his last couple of games. I don't see him getting that consistent um, CBAs required to be it's at his trending best. poorly. Just so you know, 57, 64, 45, and 12% for his CBAs. It's not great. It's it's a worry. Um, so, yes, he is, but only because of what he's done previously. So I would be fearful, though, that if I traded into him, that I'd be trading out of him, you know, around the buy. And especially, like you said, if Marshall, if Gorn, if Smith, and even in Supercoach, I'd add Liberatore into that component too. We know when he plays through the mids, the guy's a contested beast. You could be locking locking yourself, might be too strong of a term, trading into a guy that even if he is a very good option by the end of the year, he might not be good enough um, of an option to roll Liberatore through Liberatore is an interesting one. Does he get looked at for forward eligibility? I think he gets forward DPP. 
Libba, I, I think super he does. Supercoach is a real option then? I think in Supercoach, he's a real option for us. The challenge will be how many of these dogs, because English, McRae, Bont, Dunkley, um, then you throw in a Libertoria if he gets DPP, let alone a Bailey Smith. And if you've gone a, a Caleb Daniel, who's probably more relevant than Bailey Dale, whew, that, that's a lot, not just from one team, but from one buy round. That's a lot. Anyways, sorry, I anyway, digressed. No, don't pro- no problem at all. Peter's got a question. What's the bigger priority, Raul, Crouch, or Cornelio? Uh, you know what I feel about this, like, because we've chatted. I, I've got serious cogs concerns. In AF, I think there's yeah. a massive smell. Like, Supercoach and Dream Team is okay because his price was so low. Yeah, there's um, no in risk. AF, his price was such... It was so high it was just ridiculous well people were picking um, him over you know you picked him over heaney or him over butters um that's which is the good that yeah. was actually good because it made you have to choose between a or b, b. and not just get a b and c correct so from that perspective it's good but from this perspective He's around 12 by MJ. Yeah. And if he if if you've got concerns now before Toronto pushes his way in because Toby Green's back, yeah. Uh, there's massive, it just doesn't smell right, does it? No, to, to me, I feel like that's the priority of the others. Even though he's had some good games, again, this is purely AFL fantasy. That I'd be really quite comfortable moving him on. Um, Jason wants to know: have the early rounds changed any of your thoughts of who are the best? players on each line without going through the names have you, have you moved too drastically away from who you think are the best of yeah, the best line? i think in the midfield you have to i think andy yeah. brayshaw's really made that jump yeah and probably so, his two biggest tag games are now in his rear vision mirror based yeah, on the fixture so i think it's andy brayshaw a little bit in the um in the midfield yep i don't know has anyone jumped out to you i, I haven't seen anyone else really jump out no because i thought the guys that are really firing across the formats, I thought Dunkley, Taranto were always going to be in and around that spot. I thought Short. Duncan. Yeah, Duncan. Yeah. Um, and again, Short, let alone the guys we get. Short's Short maybe gone has, from a top 10 to a top five to me. Yeah, and I yeah. think Whitfield, it's probably the other way. I think yeah, they I probably Whitfield as top five and I had Short just around the top Just 10. outside it. But I think yeah. I've swapped them both now, and I'm I've got no confidence on Whitfield. Although he started running the game out a lot better, he last did look week. better as it went on. Yeah, yeah. I, look, nothing massively to me in the midfield. I think Brayshaw's the guy um, that looks to be the one. Um, and again, some DPPs might pop this week, and, and then ultimately for you, um, Jason, we might need to to abandon off that. Uh, Ian, but I'll tell you what though, yeah. I'll t- I'll just. Before we go any further, mm. um, I do think Proust, average-wise, in the rucks has jumped. I, I never expected him to He's be... He's better than I thought he would be, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, 75, 80 was going to be his limit. But, I mean, every second Jeez. week he's suspended or he's missing games. But he's he's looking at a... He could be a 95-type ruck. Like it, it is the Riley O'Brien type of season, isn't it, from his you know, breakout year at the Crows. I think what was that 2018 or 2019? Um, and I think we've um, feel like that. I think with the Fremantle guy not playing as well as what he has been. Darcy, yeah. Um, and with your fella over in Adelaide, the guy who's O'Brien. running date is awful. Um, I reckon Bruce could potentially match those guys, you know. Yeah. And we don't have a clear number three ruck at this point in time from what I'm looking at. No. I, I don't but think I'd maybe start- English. Might be the clear number three, but again, well, I think people are playing him forward and using his ruck status, but not you could playing him, have him. You could almost have him as your R two, but play him in the forward line with our chief, our Proust as your ruck in that instance. Yeah, and so, I think that's the right play too. And Wits is potentially around that mark as well. Like, yeah, probably so super. Probably more, yeah. the rucks that I'm more surprised with than anyone else. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. Um, both Stephen. Uh, we maybe we'll get to Stephen's question quickly. Ian, we've answered a few of your questions there about Crips and some of those Hawks kids. Uh, last two questions. AFL fantasy question from Stephen. Assuming he trades out Crips undecided, 
Who's the best replacement? His options that he's got. So give us your name out of these four. Laird, Mills, McRae, or Bailey Smith. Who do you like more out of those? Can I choose the fifth option and say Brayshaw? Yeah. Yep. But, I mean, Laird looked heaps better last week. He did. Um, I just think Brayshaw's almost getting into that category of he's going to be in the top eight mids for the year. And if you want to get him now, I think, after the two smaller tagged, I say smaller tongue-in-cheek, but his time on ground and his CBAs and everything's just trending perfectly. He's and it's got a good matchup against Essendon this week, that's for sure. Well, the thing is, he's, he's going big. He's... He's he's at nine eighty k though, and and for sixty k less, you can get McRae. Yeah, but that'd only be a worry if it's a keys or someone like that that you're looking at, like you know, not a Brayshaw. A Brayshaw, I just think's the real deal. Yeah, no, all right, fair enough too. And then uh, let's go for one last question from uh, Suriam DT question: uh, Do we use the trade boost to go early on cows, or, or do we do a three down, two up over the next couple of weeks. It probably got answered when you talked about Rochelle, really about going early on cows. No, nah, but I, I think he's talking about available cows to be traded in too. But, I mean, that should have been asked two weeks ago then, like when there was people, the rookies were on the bubble. Um, just a quick one too with the DPP. Connor McDonald must be a chance to get forward. Yeah, I think he gets that as well. Hey, man, appreciate your work today on this episode, mate. As always, a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> and shout out to Louie. Hope you get well too, young fella. Yeah, absolutely true that. Uh, if you want to go and check out any of the articles we've dropped this week, they're available for you at coachespanel.tv. It's a big round of fantasy footy. Starts Thursday night, wraps up Monday afternoon, uh, but we'll be back to review it all for you for our Patreons um, and as well, articles dropping every single day during the week that you can check out at coachespanel.tv. Enjoy your week. I hope your captain kills it. You win Rookie Rail Let. And from all of us here at the Coaches Panel, we'll chat to you soon. Yeah,